Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When we started this podcast, Should I Quit? I definitely thought we were going to get really direct questions like, Should I quit caffeine? Should I quit sugar? Should I quit smoking? And here we are months and months into this project, and we finally got one of those questions. Ellie Kremendahl, who is a comedian and a writer and a psychotherapist and who is amazing, is coming on our show today with this really simple question that has an obvious answer, and yet obviously is not simple or easy at all, and that is why she is here today. Her question is, should I quit nicotine? I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and this is Should I Quit? Hi, Ellie. Hi, Vanessa. So I had the honor of recording an episode with you just recently for your podcast, Shame Spiral. And now you are here in my world, but just across the world perfectly. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and how you spend your time? Sure. My name is Ellie Kremendahl. I am a comedian and a writer and a podcaster And I have a background as a psychotherapist, which I still do a little bit. It's like a very fancy side hustle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a side hustle as a neurosurgeon. I don't, it's not what I do, but. Yeah. I mean, it's probably really the other way around, but I think it's funny to think about it like that. I have two little kids. I live in Brooklyn, but I also have a, a queer artist's residency that I run with my husband and other amazing queer people. And yeah, that's kind of it, I think. Living the good life. (laughs) So Ellie, because I know you just a little bit socially and I've listened to Shame Spiral, 
I happen to know that you've done a couple of other big quits or like big shifts in your life, the kind that are like really hard and big and life shifting. And I'm wondering if you can just tell us a little bit about the sort of bigger quits that you've had in your life. Yeah, sure. I think the biggest one is I quit drinking and doing drugs about 13 years ago. I got sober, you know, in a a full way. I go to AA. It's been a big part of my life. And being like a person who drank and did drugs was a big part of my life. So that was a big quit. And I, a similar length of time ago, actually, like I had gone to school for counseling psychology and drama therapy, and I had quit kind of being an artist for that. And then in the last five or six years or so, I kind of I still do psychotherapy on the side, but I quit it being my like full-time career and kind of my identity. And now it's a part of what I do, but it's not like my whole deal anymore as I've made room for being a working artist person. Those are two huge, huge shifts to make. And transitions are really hard, which is why people take quitting and changing so seriously. I'm wondering if you learned anything about yourself that has stuck with you while quitting alcohol and drugs and then quitting your identity as a full-time psychotherapist. Are there things that you're like, now I've realized I really want to be the kind of person who, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that maybe the primary unifying thing between both of those that I learned from both of those shifts is that I'm a person who can do things. Like I think so much of my addiction was about feeling incapable and like I was going to be run by fear my whole life and I was never going to get it together to kind of do the things that I know would make me happy. And then like my sobriety, I feel like has led to all of my other big shifts, including really letting myself be an artist because it was all part of the same thing, you know? So I realized like I'm totally capable of not letting fear run the show. You could definitely start a cult with that energy. I'm like, lead me anywhere. Stop. That's so crazy. Fear not driving you? Yes. I want it. I'm such a Gemini and I'm kind of like, ooh, should I? <laughs> I <laughs> That's another shift. That sounds fun. <laughs> okay. So what question are you bringing today? What are you thinking about quitting? I'm thinking about quitting nicotine. It's my deepest shame. <laughs> You're ashamed? Not really. No, not really. I actually have much worse shames, but... (laughs) Well, that doesn't make me feel better. It's one of my deepest shames. Okay. As a recovering alcoholic, I can feel I'm at a place right now where it's like I'm on some kind of precipice because this ebbs and flows, but currently I am tormented by the fact of vaping. I vape, don't, I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. I just vape, just vape. I vape, but like it tortures me, but I keep doing it. And like, it's like, that's one of the defining things about addiction. It's kind of like, it's bad for you. It's, it's messing with your life, your health, your relationships in some kind of way. You want to stop. Like I want to stop, but I, but I'm not, I'm not doing it, you know? 
So I guess my question isn't even really like, should I? Maybe it's more like, why am I not? Aside from the fact that I'm addicted, which is very cut and dry to a degree, but I feel like there's more to it than that. So I love I love that reframe, but I want to spend a minute before the reframe, which is just like, first of all, like, are you vaping all the time? Is this like a twice a week when I really feel like I have to? I don't know. It's worse than ever. Like I'm uh-huh. vaping all the time. And I've been on and off addicted to nicotine since I was 18. That was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> you are not 19. No. And I, you know, I quit when I was pregnant with both my kids, but then I picked back up, you know, and because it's vaping and not smoking, I'm kind of, my addiction has taken a new, like, it's almost as bad as it was when I was like 22, because like, I can just like vape as soon as I get up in the house. Like, I don't even have to go outside. So it's pretty bad right now. I'm very addicted. Okay. And then this next question is one of just total ignorance. So I am someone who, when I have like deprived myself of one thing, I reward myself by giving myself another thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like the cliche of, oh, I didn't buy that thing. I should probably reward myself by buying this other thing, right? Yeah. And like, that is very much me. I've had a hard day, so I deserve some ice cream. And so I'm just wondering, is that also true in terms of your relationship with your sobriety, is your addiction to nicotine something that helps you stay sober? I think it would be a lie to say that it helps me stay sober. Mm-hmm. I've been sober for 13 years and I I don't feel like nicotine is the reason. I will say that when I first got sober, I was not smoking regularly at that time. And when I first got sober, everyone in recovery smokes, like especially in yeah. early recovery And I started smoking cigarettes again. And then my sponsor, I was like, oh, like I'm smoking cigarettes. And my sponsor said what many sponsors say, which I have said to people before, which is like, that's fine. Like, just don't even worry about cigarettes right now. That phrase has has replayed in my mind as justification for so many years. She was like, just don't worry about it. Just keep smoking if it's going to help you stay sober. So I think for years, like maybe like a decade, I was like, well, Nikki said, I could keep keep on smoking and then vaping, you know. Now I think that's just kind of an excuse. Like mm-hmm. my sobriety is pretty solid and it shouldn't hinge on another substance anyway. Like if it was, that's kind of then something I would need to work on. Yeah. And if it was, I'd we'd be talking about like, what is that other thing you need to work on, but not necessarily starting with quitting nicotine, yeah. right? Can I say one more thing to your question, yes. which is that- which is that I do think that's also part of the story that I've created that has made me avoid quitting for so long, even though I know it's bad for me, is this kind of like, you're sober, like you're raw dogging life. It's not easy. You get to have nicotine, like kind of like what you were saying, Vanessa, like this is my gift, which is just, it's like, okay. But also it's really what I'm really sitting with at this phase of my life and at my age is like, okay, it's not a gift because it's likely shortening my lifespan. And I don't even know what damage is happening because it's such a new thing, particularly with vaping. And I have like two children. And also I like 
enjoy my life. So it makes no sense. Like it's totally, there's so much cognitive dissonance going on. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like the thing that you're definitely ready to quit is a story that at least for some time served you. Like Mm -hmm. I'm allowed to do this as I get sober. Mm -hmm. And that for some, some amount of time now, like whether it be in the last year or longer, you're like, oh, that story is an excuse. It's no longer serving me. It's actually holding me back. Is that <laughs> yeah. is that right? Yeah, totally. Because it's like 13 years later, I can't really be like, but I'm a baby. Like, I, <laughs> I need this. And it's like, okay, I don't think that's what my sponsor meant. I don't think 13 <laughs> years was the subtext. I don't know. If you did still need it, I think it is fine for us to have coping mechanisms and like self-soothing mechanisms that depending on the shit that we're dealing with are proportionate and are maybe destructive, but less destructive. But it doesn't sound like you need this one anymore. Yeah, I don't need it. I just I just want it. And I think that it was also a way to hold on to this identity of like, like I had a relationship when I was using and drinking to being kind of like a, like a bad girl sort of thing. You know, like I was just like, I'm raging at the abyss. And like part of my way to rage at the abyss, like the existential agony of being alive was to like fuck shit up, including myself. And I feel like nicotine was a, has been a way to hold on to that little part of myself. Like, yes, it's bad, but like, I can't just be all good. I can't just be a mother and a good partner and a good worker. I have to be a little bit bad still or something. I guess I feel not, I don't know. I'm like, am I ready to quit that? I don't know. Do you have to quit that by quitting nicotine? I mean, I'm a comedian. I don't know. I say like really unhinged stuff publicly all the time. That's bad enough, I think, (laughs) maybe. Okay, so we figured out that part of you is like, I don't need this anymore. It's just that my body is addicted to it. Like I literally on some level need it, but psychologically I don't need it anymore. But you're also like, it's a signifier of a part of my identity that's really important to me. And it's like this helpful way to signal that to myself that I haven't let go of all of this. Yeah, but, you know, hearing you say that, I'm realizing I don't even think that's really true anymore. Like, I think that what it signals to me at this point about me is, like, the part of me that is self-destructive. Like, which is very different from the part of me that is wild or something. It's like, yeah, it's like the self-destructive me, which mostly is gone. Like, I've, like, killed her lovingly over the years. She must appreciate that as a self-destructive thing. (laughs) She has been mostly destroyed. She got what she wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't even think I really need, because it's true. Like I don't, I'm not very well behaved in a lot of other ways. Like I, you know, I'm also just more integrated and as who I am at this phase of my life, like I'm pretty content with just like, this is me. So I don't think I really need that. It's just a way for me to not quit. Like it's like a voice of the addiction. I want to offer one more potential voice of the addiction that I'm hearing before we just are like, okay, 
you want to quit. Let's figure out how you can do this. Which is, do you still feel like you want to give a little bit of voice to the self-destructive part of you, right? Like the Freudian mm. death instinct. I, I'm not a therapist. You are. Yeah. I don't know. Like that's a little hot in all of us, right? All of yeah. us a little bit want to destroy ourselves. Do you feel ready to give up that? Yeah, an adolescent feeling of unfairness comes up for me because I'm like, well, it would be a lot easier for me to give up if like, like some of my friends who are parents, like, yeah, like once in a while their kids were go to bed and they just like get really stoned and like eat chips and laugh their asses off like they're 17. It's like, well, I don't get to do that. What's my bad thing then? I don't get anything all I get to do is say like pussy online, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's not enough. <laughs> it's like, what else am I going to do? I'm really interested in this like self-destructive quality that I think we all have. I think a lot of people voted for Trump the first time because they were like, none of this is working. So let's blow shit up. Mm -hmm. Right. And they were like, chaos is going to be better than what is currently happening. I think people blow up their relationships for that reason, right? We, like, cut off our hair after a breakup for that reason, right? Like, we just, like, need to scream and need to destroy something. And so we often destroy the wrong thing. And what I'm hearing you just say is, like, I still have the need to destroy something a little bit, but I no longer want it to be my body. Yeah, that's so right. And the, the question is, can you quit the destruction of your body before you necessarily find the other thing that can, like, get that out of you in a healthy way, in a healthier in way? In a healthier way. Maybe. I don't know. I also think it's like, as you were just saying all that, I was thinking about the anxiety of, you know, like, the human dilemma. And... I know that my smoking and then vaping is a manifestation of like really struggling with my lack of control in dying and feeling like it's a way for me to have uh, like deal me in. Like I'm like, you're going to take me out at any moment. Well, I'm going to participate then at least, you know, like some kind of r rage about that. I feel like that's where a lot of self-destructive human impulses come from just this shitty circumstance we've all been. I mean, it's beautiful, but it's also fucked up, like what we're sort of dealt. It's like, that's crazy to, we should not know we're going to die. We should not know. <laughs> we should be See, like birds. I want to know when. I want to know when. I think I would live a better life if they were like 62. I'd be like, great, I can plan for that. You think you would be one of the people for whom that's helpful? Yes, I do. I absolutely do. Maybe because I'm not controlling, but... I just had one idea, <gasps> which is that what if, <laughs> what if I took all the money that I would spend on buying jewel cartridges and then I got to use them all for a new tattoo because I've wanted a new tattoo for like five years and we just haven't had like that kind of disposable income. Mm -hmm. That is like, I feel like I could rationalize actually spending money on a new tattoo if I was going to spend that money on vaping anyway. Oh, my God. Totally. Yeah. And would that satisfy that, like, footsie with death thing? 
I think it does in some way with tattoos because there's something I think intrinsically the word that's coming to my mind is stupid, but maybe it's more like short-sighted in a youthful way about being like, hell yeah, like this random cricket eating a hot dog. Like I don't have that tattoo, but I have some really embarrassing ones. And um, I'm going to deal with this until I'm 80 if I live that long. And And having started getting tattoos 20 years ago, and now I have some that are I would never get now. I appreciate that because it's kind of just like, yeah, I made an an impulsive decision that is forever. And I I think it's connected to the fact that who knows how long forever is. I'm just going to do what I want. I'm going to make a decision that isn't responsible, but who cares? You know, it's kind of like a who cares. Like whenever I meet people that are like, I could never get a tattoo because how do I know I'll want it when I'm 50? I'm always like, you probably won't. And like, that's what feels so (laughs) fucking good about it. (laughs) You know, like, it's just like, who cares? Like there's something akin to vaping about it. I'm realizing as I'm talking it out. Okay. And that's so helpful also, because if you are able to quit nicotine, and I know that you would be able to if you chose to in a, in whatever way, then, right, like you've isolated for yourself the part of the addiction to nicotine that is fun for you, which is the who cares, none of us know when we're going to die. Yeah. And like that <laughs> seems like a vibe you can productively bring to a lot of spaces. That's true. And like maybe actually one of the reasons to quit nicotine is that It's like using that energy cheaply. I think about that sometimes like watching difficult movies. I feel like sometimes people watch difficult movies and then they're like, I did my good deed for the day. And I almost want to be like, don't watch difficult movies because it doesn't count as your good deed. And (laughs) vaping for you shouldn't count as your Mm. like, fuck it. Who cares? We're going to die. We might as well live like. Yeah. I don't know. You're wasting that really awesome energy on vaping. Yeah. It's like a youthful thing. Like, I think it is a connection to youth as well, because like, I remember the moment when my addiction to nicotine changed for me, which is really weird that I remember this, but I always return to it because it didn't bother me at all until my 25th birthday. Like I was just like so young that I was kind of like, yeah, obviously you're not supposed to smoke, but like I'm 20. I'm not, I'm 18, I'm 23, I'm 24, you know? And then I was in Brooklyn sitting on my front stoop on my 25th birthday. And I decided the day before I was going to quit smoking because I was going to be 25. And that was like getting up there, you know, which is like so <laughs> disgusting now to think about. And, um, and I realized on that stoop, I was like, I'm not going to quit today. Like, it's just not going to happen, but it never felt free in that youthful abandoned way ever again since I turned 25, it always felt tortured. And I think that there's a way where like getting a tattoo kind of still can give me that in a way vaping can't even because it is dumb for me to just get like a random thing on my body that I might not like in a year. And that's really fun, you know? (laughs) And (laughs) And it doesn't, there's nothing bad. Like I'm not, you know, it's like not actually like hurting me at all. It physically is, but I like that particular hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I do kind of want you to ritualize like every time you would buy your nicotine, you like 
tap some app for yourself. Like you get to like pay yourself some money somehow, like transfer however much it is into a separate account called tattoo. Like some like ritualizing of this would be really exciting to me. That's a good idea. But I'm also just really excited for you to like bring this like fuck it, we're going to die energy out into the world rather than you bringing it into shortening your beautiful life and doing it privately because then you're taking you away from us. So Mm. this is exciting for me personally. That's so sweet. You know what? This is also helpful because I've known for a long time that like, it's not that I don't know if I can do it or not because like fortunately, unfortunately, because I've quit drinking and, and using drugs, I know not only do I know I can do it, I know how to do it. Like I can use my sort of like 12 step program tools to do it. So it's more about all this other shit that makes me not want to, makes me not have, have had the willingness, you know? And also just like addiction is real, right? Like It's totally real. Yeah. It's totally real. It's an uphill battle. It's not like you're not quitting something you're highly allergic to, but that's easy to avoid, right? Well, I mean, keep us posted. I'm okay. I'm very excited for this next phase of your life and how you're going to fuck shit up in new and exciting ways. This was so helpful. I really appreciate it. Like so much better than spending like $200 on a hypnotist like I've been thinking about. <laughs> and I also have to tell you that I had a fantasy that like at some point, probably toward the end of this conversation, you were going to be like, okay, Ellie, now quit. And like, just <laughs> sort do of like- Do you want me to? Well, I think I just want you to like, tell me what to do. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm not to be trusted with my own <laughs> behavior in this way. Like, do you think, you think I should quit clearly? You've said as much because you're excited about what it will, will mean. I'm excited for you to- look at your kids and think, I am doing everything I can to live as long as I can. Oh my God. You are getting me where it really, I feel like that was like secretly evil and magical. I'm sorry. No, because that- genuine. I know. And I know because you're a parent, like, but that's, I mean, that's the core of it. Like I, if they weren't here, I would be like, oh, so I die a little earlier. Who cares? But it affects them. And it affects me, like, getting to enjoy as much as possible of them. And we can't do everything for our kids, right? Like, we can't do absolutely every single thing possible. I'm just really excited for you to look at them and, like, have that sense of, like, I'm I'm doing this. I, I like, I, I want that feeling for you. So, yes, quit. Okay, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> And if you don't, it's fine. And I really respect you. And I don't even, like, that's better for me to hear. I don't need anyone else to tell me that it's fine. (laughs) It's not fine. (laughs) It's not fine. (laughs) Thank you so much, Vanessa. Thank you. And um, send us a picture of the tattoo. I will. 
You've been listening to Should I Quit, our latest season of The Real Question. Our show is funded through our Patreon at patreon.com slash realquestionpod. And if you're a regular listener, we would really love your support. Another way that you can support the show is by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Real Question Pod and Twitter at The Real Q Pod. Thanks as always to our BFF tier patrons, Molly Reilly, Kristen Hall, Mary Margaret, Becky Boo, Jenny Cruz, Amanda Schramm, Effie Hugh, Shannon Chien, and Renee Underhill. We are a Not Sorry production. Our executive producer is Ariana Nettleman, and our amazing music is by the amazing Nick Bull. We are distributed by Acast. Thank you so much to Ellie for joining us today. If you enjoyed Ellie, as I'm sure you did, you should really check out her podcast, Shame Spiral. It is compassion and humor and wisdom all rolled into one. And I couldn't recommend it more. And thanks as always to our wonderful team, Julia Argy, Nikki Zoltan, Lara Glass, AJ Ramas, Hannah Rehack, Margaret H. Wilson, Courtney Brown, Casper Turkyle, and Stephanie Paulsell. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.